98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines. The Pan-Democrats crushed the pro-establishment camp in the district council elections, sweeping to victory on a massive turnout. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she respects the outcome of the vote and the government will listen. The chairwoman of the DAB, Starry Lee, offers to resign over the results but has her offer rejected. Pro-government candidates have suffered a crushing defeat in the district council elections in a vote widely seen as a referendum on the government's handling of six months of political unrest. Almost all of the big names lost. It comes after nearly three million people, more than 71% of the electorate, voted, far higher than the 47% turnout in 2015. Damon Pang reports. Virtually all of the pro-government lawmakers lost, with a few exceptions, including DAB Chairwoman Starry Lee, who barely managed to stave off a challenge from former League of Social Democrats legislator Leung Kwok Hong in Kowloon City. Ms Lee's party mate Wilson Orr, who just staved off People Power's Tam Tak Chi in Kun Tong, and Paul Chair, who hung on to his seat in Wan Chai. Outside of those races, it was basically a bloodbath. The DAB's Holden Chow, Horace Cheng, Vincent Cheng and Edward Lau were all upset. All three Federation of Trade Unions legislators, Alice Mack, Ho Kai Ming and Michael Luke, lost. Ms Mack made no bones about who she thought was to blame for her shock election loss, the Carrie Lam administration. Meanwhile, the chief executive, Carrie Lam, has said there were many interpretations for the district council election results, many of which indicate voter discontent with current social conditions and other deep-rooted problems. In a statement, Mrs Lam said the SAR government respected the outcome. She said authorities would listen humbly to the views of the people and reflect on their shortcomings. The winning candidate for South Horizons West, Calvin Lam, who had stood in for disqualified Democratic activist Joshua Wong, says the result shows voters' feelings about the way the government has been handling six months of political unrest here. They are not happy with how they deal with the protests so far, particularly in the last five months. And police brutality is actually over the top, I think. And I think that the Hong Kong people should really, really uh, leverage on this uh, result uh, to ask for more democracy in the future. The Democratic Party has seen its district councils double to 91. The party now holds the most seats. Party chairman Wu Chi Wai pledged that his district councils would serve with humility and coordinate with other pro-democracy parties. He said his party could use the district council platform to reduce government bureaucracy and oppose unpopular policies. He also vowed to keep pushing for the five demands of the anti-extradition movement. We are looking for five demands being met. So I would say the result we have is not coming from our personal effort itself. It's coming from the movement. It's coming from all the protesters, all the peoples being hurt, being arrested, being deeply participated in the movement. And we have to bear in mind that that is the base of our support. He also says his party will head to Polytechnic University with other district councillors this afternoon to demand an end of the police siege. The call was made by new district councillor Jimmy Sham from the League of Social Democrats, who leads peaceful protest organiser Civil Human Rights Front. Pro-government DAB party said its chairwoman, Starry Lee, would stay on the job despite her offer to resign over the defeat of the party in the elections. It had sent over 180 candidates to run in the poll, but only 21 won. 
The leaders of the party bowed in apology to the public this afternoon, saying it was sad that some of their candidates could not get the seats, but it would seriously review how it could further serve the public. Chairwoman Starley said the election campaign had been hard for them as their offices and volunteers had come under attack during the past months of protests, and she intended to resign from her chairmanship over the defeat. But the party's central committee refused. Here's the explanation from the party's vice chairman, Horace Chern. Our central committee member, we uh, truly believe that uh, the failure in this election is not due to the personal liability of our chair lady. We believe that actually is a collective responsibility of our party. And we hope that we would have a reflection and we'll do much better in, uh, in the coming challenge. Uh, so therefore, we unanimously decide uh, that uh, our chair lady be remained as the uh, leaders of our party to face the coming challenge. President of the Federation of Trade Unions, Stanley Ung, described yesterday's polls as being extremely unfair, saying they were held in a very violent and radicalised environment. Out of the 62 candidates the pro-Beijing party fielded, only four managed to win seats. Mr Ung said the FTU should not be blamed for the massive defeat, saying it was simply caused by the current political environment. He added that despite the losses, the party had received an increase in the total number of votes when compared to the last election four years ago. He said this was a clear indication that many voters were supportive of the government and backed its commitment to clamping down on violence. The pro-establishment camp lost more than 240 seats compared to 2015. Paul Chair is one of the few pro-establishment candidates who retained his seat, which is in Wan Chai. He says the government. He says the vote is a warning sign for the government ahead of the legislative council elections. People have spoken quite loudly this time as well. So hopefully the government would take it very seriously, learn the lesson, and start doing something which really will answer to the uh, all these angry calls from the people. And certainly, if we don't sort of, I haven't. I don't know whether we have enough time to improve, but uh, the polling box will be opening again in a few months' time for legal. If we don't do anything quickly enough, and I think a bigger lesson would uh, would be around the corner. Result has far-reaching implications. The pro-democracy camp has wrested control of 117 seats on the chief executive election committee for the 2022 seat election, control all of but one of district councils, as well as the district council functional constituency seat in the legislative council. The election observer, an election observer from Britain's Conservative Party, called the turnout for the district council elections remarkable. Luke de Polford, who's a member of the party's Human Rights Commission, told RTHK what he would be reporting back. We didn't pick up on irregularities. Uh, the voter turnout was very high. But I think more than that, that the people here have spoken extremely clearly about their will for democracy. I think the, the most encouraging thing yesterday was that people seized their democratic opportunity and they exercised their democratic rights. And what have they said? Well, they said very, very clearly that they want to be represented by uh, democratic candidates. And that seems to be leaning very strongly towards the will of Hong Kong for universal suffrage. Former student leader Lester Shum says his defeat of long-term pro-Beijing incumbent Chao Ping Tim in Chunwan wasn't a surprise to him because people want change. But he says this is only the beginning. We all understand that winning the election, especially winning only the district council election, will not bring an immediate victory towards the movement. Will not bring an immediate response from the government regarding the five demands. So that we still have to work on different parts and different front lines in different battles. 
to continue to fight for five demands. That's still our first priority. Electoral Affairs Commission says it has received a total of 7,460 complaints about the District Council polls as of 10.30 last night. The majority of the complaints concerned voting arrangements such as long queues and the locations of the polling stations, as well as election adverts. But despite the complaints, EAC Chairman Justice Barnabas Fung believes the overall process of voting and vote counting has been very smooth. He thanked the public for their enthusiasm in voting and for the media's detailed reporting. A group of foreign politicians and experts on Hong Kong who observe polls have urged the SAR government to listen to the people. Lord Alton, a member of Britain's House of Lords, said the record turnout showed Hong Kong people wanted more democracy, not less. He urged the chief executive, Carrie Lam, to make use of this chance to end the current political paralysis. I would say directly to Carrie Lam, do not squander this opportunity. Don't waste this chance. Here is a moment. A window has been opened for you. Listen to what people have been saying. I hope that as the anthem from Les Mis has been sung, can't you hear the people sing? Well, I hope you can hear how the people have spoken and also that you will look at the way people behaved yesterday and see that that is the way that Hong Kong must go. Two other news leaked Chinese government documents have revealed that a network of high security prisons in Xinjiang is designed to brainwash hundreds of thousands of people, mainly Muslims, from the Uyghur minority. China insists the camps offer education and training. But the papers obtained by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists show the camps exist to indoctrinate Uyghurs. Ben Emerson is a lawyer for the World Uyghur Congress. It's very difficult on, on that scale, with, with more than a million people in those conditions, to view that as anything other than a mass brainwashing scheme designed and directed at an entire ethnic community. Elite documents include instructions for running the camps with strict discipline and punishment, and with no possibility of release until inmates can demonstrate they have transformed their behaviour, beliefs and language. China's ambassador to Britain has dismissed the report as fake news. Efforts are continuing in Romania to save more than 14,000 sheep trapped in a sinking cargo ship in the Black Sea port of Midia. Officials say 40 sheep have been rescued so far. BBC's Nick Thorpe reports. The 39-year-old Queen Hind, a cargo ship registered on the Pacific island of Palau, began to list heavily soon after leaving the wharf, just before midday on Sunday morning, bound for the Persian Gulf. The 20 Syrian crew were taken off almost immediately, but in videos shot by local media, some of the 14,000 sheep on board can be seen struggling to escape as the ship slowly capsizes in the middle of the port. Efforts by the Romanian emergency services were abandoned after dark and were due to resume at first light. The Democrat congressman leading the impeachment inquiry into President Trump says the next stage of the investigation has started. Adam Schiff, who chairs the House Intelligence Committee, said a report on the hearing's findings is to be written. His announcement comes after two weeks of public hearings. Business news a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,039. That's 444 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $40 billion. Currencies, US dollar is trading at 108.74 yen. Euro stands at 1 US dollar and 10 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 5 cents. Sport now, and here's Atom Chung.
Let's start with football. Sheffield United and Manchester United contested a six-goal thriller in Sunday's only English Premier League match. Sheffield United went 2-0 up before three second-half goals in seven minutes looked like giving Manchester United the win, but the Blades hit back with an equalizer in the 90th minute. Their manager Chris Wilder says he was pleased with his team's effort. Barring 10 minutes, a, a fantastic effort. Um, and to get off the canvas yet again, as we did two weeks ago at Tottenham, when the goal got disallowed, and then to go through that process again was, uh, was something that I didn't enjoy. And I should imagine 28, 29,000 Sheffield United fans didn't enjoy. But, you know, we just lacked, lost a little bit of energy for 10 minutes. And, um, and I've just said to the players, you know, when you do that and you give the ball away, you know, a little bit cheaply, um, they got players that can hurt you, and, uh, and obviously they did for 10 minutes. They they really, you know, turned the game on its head. And uh, but yet again, we come roaring back, and and I believe get a, get a, a positive result from a, from a really good performance. Despite their late comeback, Manchester United have won just one of their last 11 Premier League away games. But manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is still positive about his players. Half time when you one nil down, this. You've got to get them playing. You've got to get them wanting it. You've got to get them uh, running more, tackling. And then when you're 2-0 down, uh, you fare the worst. You, you do. As, as a coach, you, you, you think you think back to last year. Games like uh, yeah, Ever, Everton away, we lost 4-0 in the end. This group, group won't give in. They don't give in. And uh, that's it's such a big difference from last season to now. They've They've made massive strides. And I think they would have learned a lot from today as well. The New England Patriots picked up their league-leading 10th win of the season by denying the NFL's number one offense from reaching the end zone. They shut down the visiting Dallas Cowboys 13-9 with the only touchdown of the game scored by rookie N. Kill Harry. The Cowboys were just 2 of 13 on third down. Ezekiel Elliott ran 21 times for just 86 yards. Meanwhile, the San Francisco 49ers blasted the Green Bay Packers 37-8. to The Niners and the Patriots continue to share the league's best record now at 10-1. and and the city of Winnipeg is celebrating its first Canadian Football League title since 1990. The 107th Grey Cup went to the Blue Bombers, who defeated the Hamilton Tiger Cats 33-12 in the CFL Championship match played in Calgary. Winnipeg native Andrew Harris became the first Canadian in exactly half a century to be named most valuable player in the Grey Cup. Harris ran for 134 yards and a touchdown to give the Bombers their 10th CFL title. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. Pan-Democrats crushed the pro-establishment camp in the district council elections, sweeping to victory on a massive turnout. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she respects the outcome of the vote and the government will listen. Chairwoman of the DAB, Stan Lee, offers to resign over the results, but has her offer rejected. The news from RTHK. Sometimes I got a smile on my face. Sometimes I guess that I got to fake it. Because honesty is so out of place. And everyone's afraid to be naked. I don't know how much more I can take. Yeah, I'm broken into so many pieces Would be easy just to throw them away But I don't want to give up on feeling Cause now that I'm shattered, I'm all kinds of me Was knocked off the shelf, but I'm all so complete 
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me Sadia Usmani. My thanks to Phil for the morning brew as per usual great stuff and on the show today we have a couple of movers and shakers and I when I say movers and shakers I mean that. My guests in the studio after 1:30 will be Carmina and Calvina Phil. They're twin sisters who are literally moving and shaking themselves into the music industry. They decided to give up their finance careers in Canada and move to Hong Kong and embark on their passion for music. And we shall find out exactly how it all happened. And the exclusive is is that they're going to be launching their first single and it's going to be on my program. <laughs> so that's all quite exciting. After 2 p.m. I'll be joined in the studio by Andrew Chigi and Alfred Ip as we find out about the Wills of Concern, a joint charity campaign between AIDS Concern and Hugel and Ip solicitors that aims to raise funds and awareness of sexual health and to stop the spread of HIV in Hong Kong. So more news about that. If you maybe are considering writing a will, then make sure you stay tuned. And of course, we've got some great music to get your Monday lunchtime off to a good start. And we start the show off with Gabriel Applin and Kinsigi. And we have now got Claro and Bags. (laughs) 